Recently, I was dragged along on my daughter's school trip to the Whitebait Connection and was pretty impressed with what the kids and I got to learn. But then on the next trip, they got me and 60-odd kids in the water snorkelling twice to experience our own marine reserves here in Wellington. I was so impressed that I managed to get Liz and Alan out of the water and into Access Radio to tell us about their world working in our marine reserve, Tapu Teranga. Welcome to B-Side Stories on Access Radio, Liz and Alan. Thank you. Thank nice you. to be here. Great. Good to have you here. So just to start off, just for our, our listeners, what does EMR, or Experiencing Marine Reserves, aim to do? So the Experiencing Marine Reserves program um, is a program that has a policy of information experience action. So uh, what we do is we provide information about the local marine environment. Yeah. We take the kids to experience that environment, and then we encourage them to take action um, and raise more community awareness about what they've learned in order to protect it um, so that they can become the, the kaitiakitanga um of their local marine environment. Nice, nice. And so how do you actually do this with the kids? So we do an initial class session with them uh, and then we teach them about habitats, biodiversity and I guess uh, adaptations and then we teach them about the value of marine protection, so marine reserves and what you can and can't do in them and what the benefits of them are. And then we also... um, the next stage of it is that we move on to a pool session and we clarify right. for us and for them that they're confident <laughs> enough that they can snorkel in a pool. So we teach them to snorkel with big bright yellow boogie boards. And then uh, so then we do comparison snorkels. So right. we take them for two snorkels, one in a non-protected environment, and then we take them snorkeling in our local marine reserve, which is Taputeranga. Nice. It's a huge experience for those kids, I reckon. I mean, when I was a kid, we only got to do dabbling around in the rock pools, and just seeing them all getting in and out of their, their wetsuits and their snorkeling gear, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, it can be really rewarding for us too. Yeah, I've seeing them just get really enthusiastic and motivated about such important things to us. As you said, like it's a really amazing experience for them and for you. But what have some of your best experiences been to date? Oh, there's uh, been a lot. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Maybe an example. Um, I think one of my favourite things is whenever we get to see eagle rays. It's it's a really wow. nice thing, especially when you're in the water and mm. you'll be snorkeling through some seaweed and you'll come up to where the beach sort of starts to meet the rocky reef and there'll just be along the sand just three or four eagle rays sitting there quietly. And the kids will see them and yeah. it's seeing them in their own natural mm. environment and their own habitat. So it's quite it's quite a unique experience. How do the kids respond to seeing the eagle rays? Usually it's awe. Right. Yeah, excitement. Yeah. Sometimes, every so often, it's like, well, initially it's hesitancy to get close mm. because we've always heard these stories about Steve Irwin and all that yes, sort of stuff. But, yeah. Um, yeah, we get to get close and, and they're quite harmless. Mm. So it's just, I don't know, I guess it's really, I don't know, awe-inspiring, yeah. Definitely. We didn't see any on our trip, did we? Um, <laughs> um, I think one of the things that I also found astounding was that with so many new New Zealanders, a lot of these kids actually haven't been in the sea. You know, the sea's not a natural terrain for them. How do they respond to being to the underwater experience? 
Um, well, I think we find that um, the kids that do have snorkeling experience have often been snorkeling in tropical places right. on vacation, and they've never been thought to go um, into the local, local environment, yeah. <laughs> um, possibly because it's colder um, and a, a little bit more intimidating. Um, so what we find is that um, they're often nervous before the snorkeling, um, but because safety is um, really our priority when mm. we go, and they have such buoyant, thick wetsuits and the boogie board to hold on to, um, that they very quickly just get right into and it. They feel good. Um, and and yeah. all of a sudden, um, they're trying to dive down as deep as possible and <laughs> ready to put on a weight belt and that kind of thing. How many kids have you put in and out of wetsuits over the summer? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make you feel tired, Liz? <laughs> oh, no, not at all. Just, just doing the math in my head, though, yeah. definitely. You, you get up over hundreds, many, many hundreds. Uh, because we, I mean, each of us work with quite a few different schools. Yeah. And each school can have three or four classes involved. And each class is around 30 kids. Yeah. And yeah, so. Maybe let's not of, think about yeah, it. That math is not one for today. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I just saw it was such a physical day for you guys as well as the kids, too. So yeah, big ups to you for doing it. Why is it so important to you? to get the kids to be learning about our marine reserves? Well, these kids are our, our future. Yep. They're the ones who will be protecting our environment. They're the ones who will live here, they will work here, and everything that we do has an influence on the ocean. Mm. And it's important that they know what those things are and that they feel a sense of responsibility and a sense of ownership for the future that... That's that's theirs, mm. and that they should look after it and protect it and care about it and be interested in it. Just environmentally, there are a lot of challenges um, that our marine reserve is facing. What are they, and what what are the things that we, as the adults as well, who are learning with the kids, can do about it on a daily basis? One of the interesting thing about marine reserves um, is that. Even though they're set up by the government, um, they're really managed by the community. Um, so in other words, it's the, really the um, responsibility of the community right. to take care of a marine reserve, to teach other people um, about what it is, why it's there, um, and even to take it to the level of um, helping report infractions against the marine reserve, that kind of thing. So. In order for a marine reserve to work, um, people need to know that it's there. Um, they need to enjoy it um, and, and be supportive of it. Um, and so they need to know why it's there. Um, and then they need to be proactive about um, telling other people um, about its importance yeah. and, and taking care of it. Yeah. Have there been some examples of problems that we've had down at Tapu Teranga recently? So we have quite a few issues that affect New Zealand's marine environment as mm. a whole, whether it be a reserve or not. Tapitiranga is highly affected by the fact that it's one of the few marine reserves in the world that's actually on the back of a city. Yeah. And because of that, we have a lot of impact from people, mm. whether it be our wastewater that comes through our stormwater systems. Yep. Or we have a lot of, I mean, Wellington's a really windy place, so a, yeah. lot, of our, <laughs> a lot of our rubbish and debris often ends up there. Um, and then occasionally you do get poachers in the marine reserve and the no. local community is really good at being vigilant about that and reporting those cases. So it's really good to see that a lot of people that live nearby 
feel themselves to be kaitiaki, which is really good. That's really cool. But yeah, I mean, there's constant issues. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's good to be aware of them. Mm, thanks, Liz. Also, you guys do the white bait connection, and that's how I, I first met you down at our local Afero Bay stream. What's the purpose of this learning experience for the kids? So the White Bay Connection, um, even though we work through the Island Bay Marine Education Center, which focuses on the marine right. environment, yeah. um, this is the freshwater component, um, and it really brings home the message that um, all water on the planet is connected. Um, so anything that runs down into our local catchments, into our local rivers and streams, is going to end up in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, and the... Um, five white bait species, um, their life cycle represents that really well because they spend part of their time in a freshwater environment and part of their time um, in an estuarine environment where salt and freshwater mix and and some some of their time possibly even out at sea. Right. So by going mm. to a local um, freshwater catchment, um, we can um, really bring home that message that... Um, by taking care of one, we take care of the other. Yeah. It's that connection from the mountains to, to the, the sea. sea. So yeah. it's, it's everything that we do, the way it affect fresh, affects fresh water and then how it relays on out to the ocean. Out to the ocean. Yeah. Good lesson. And see, this was another thing. I'd never foraged around in the Aferto Bay stream. So you've really got me doing some crazy things in the last year. <laughs> is that our local waterway on the south side? That is it really, isn't it? The Aferto well, Bay stream. Well, in most urban environments, a lot of the water um, has to be diverted underground into stormwater. Right, so, so we a lot don't of our see streams, it. Yeah, yeah. A lot of our streams and creeks and rivers have all been put underground because that's where you've got to put houses somewhere. You've got to put roads somewhere. So that's the only one that essentially is still above ground right. for a large portion, especially for that southern catchment. Mm. Um, so the Ophira catchment goes underground in parts. But throughout most of Happy Valley, it is actually exposed. Exposed, and there are. It's got a few challenges, as you pointed out. You know, are there things that we can be doing for our Afero Bay stream as well? Yeah. So um, there is a lot of work already being done by the community. Um, there's a Friends of Afero Bay Stream community group nice. um, that does a lot of planting, um, but. Again, just like the ocean, there's there's diverse issues affecting um, the fresh waterways. Right. So we have um, what we try to illustrate it. There's there's a lot of migratory species that need a, a continuous um, waterway. So things that um, landowners can do, for example, making uh, culverts accessible uh, to species like whitebait and eels, um, so that they can travel up and down ri- um, rivers and streams. Um, other things um, involve erosion of the banks. Um, so we have our six C's, um, <laughs> if I can remember them, uh, <laughs> that, we, that we try to get the kids to remember about what makes a healthy waterway. Um, so those are should be cool, so it should have plenty of shade and cover. Yes. Um, it should be clear, so we do a clarity test, for example, That's with right. the kids. Yeah. Um, it should be. It should have lots of critters in it. Um, so we look for Mike. Uh, Sorry, macro invertebrate invertebrates. Yeah. Um, using a um, field guide that Niwa puts out. Um, there should be plenty of current. 
amazing though every time we go on a little mission somewhere if there's a creek the kids after doing this are gone and coming out with the seas coming back with the seas so yes. just so you know that and <laughs> we're you, you know the adult feedback. the boring <laughs> adults are going huh what oh yes that's right good work you know yeah. so yeah look mum I found a galaxy yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does get in yeah. so well done so um, the other thing pretty amazing line of work to get into guys so how did you both end up doing this? Um, well, mine's kind of a long journey um, that brought me to we New Zealand. We can hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I came here first as a teenager to study adventure education, right. um, which is an industry that New Zealand is very mm. famous for. Um, and as I was studying that, um, enjoying the rivers for things like yeah. kayaking, we um, obviously learned a lot about conservation as well. Um, then when I went on to study um, marine conservation, um, which was in the Gulf of Mexico, um, we were doing a lot of things that um, were founded on practices used in New Zealand. Right. Um, for example, eradicating the rats from a local island um, using methods founded in New Zealand. Nice. So that, so that was something I didn't know. So we've founded a lot of these these ideas or methods. Yeah, wow. and, uh, cool. and New Zealand is also um, <laughs> world famous because it has such a diverse um, and, and large ocean area. It's really right. close to the Great Barrier yes. Reef. It's really close to Antarctica um, relative to other places. Um, so for me, it was a pretty easy decision um, coming to study marine conservation here. Um, and, and when I did come here, I found that um, the culture was um, really... Um, tied in and, and close to, to the environment. And there was some really passionate um, people here who were interested in, in protecting Great. the environment. Um, but at the same time, I also learned that just like anywhere else, mm. there is a lot of work to be done. Um, mm. And um, what, what I've found um, anywhere that I've been, whether it be in the States or in Mexico or here, is that um, one of the the best um, strategies for, for tackling these problems is to educate the next generation. Right. Um, so I nice. just biked by them and I just saw the words Marine Education Center and I said, oh, that looks like somewhere I'd, I'd be keen to work. <laughs> and so did you approach them or? Yeah, or? I, I came by and, um, and started hanging out with uh, Jules's dog. Um, jazz. <laughs> That's your That's way, way in. Yeah. Hang out with the dog. <laughs> and uh, they told me to come He's back a on a, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they told me to come back on an open Sunday, right. um, which is from 10 to 3 every Sunday. The the Bait House Aquarium's open. Um, and, and what's really good about that place is it's not only a place to come see the the fauna that lives yeah. in the marine reserve, but also a place just to connect with people and, and talk about these interests. Um, so I think for a lot of people who are involved with, with the education center, it was about um, coming there um, and then uh, coming back, yeah. Right, <clears throat> good, good, nice story, Ellen. That's, um, what about you, Liz? So you said you were from the Coromandel. Yeah, so I grew up in Tairua slash Fitianga, and um, I guess I've been Beautiful. on the ocean my whole life. Right. Just surrounded by the most pristine environments so I've been really lucky and I I mean I was a part of the Kiwi Conservation Club as a kid and cool your mum and dad got you into that yeah my mum more than anything else she was really passionate about the environment and she still is good on her go mum we love you Liz's (laughs) mum and um, I guess I mean I went through high school doing a lot of grassroots sort of conservation stuff in places I could right and then uh, when I went to university I did a 
did a zoology degree at Massey right. and then kind of went overseas for a while, worked in a um, wildlife uh, restoration conservation park in Costa Rica. Wow. It was a rehab centre for a lot of different creatures, yeah. both marine and terrestrial, which Fantastic. was really cool. Um, and then came back and got some work doing marine ornithology for a little while. And then after that, I was kind of at this point where I was like, I think I need university again. Yeah. So I went back and did a master's in marine conservation, which is where I met Alan. Right. And uh, him and I were in a lot of classes together. And he said he'd gone down to the education center and done a bit of volunteering. And I thought, I want to do that too. That's a good idea. It's local. It's it's somewhere I can meet a lot of really good people and nurture that need for something like that in my life. Yep, yep. So I went down and I had some ideas about some various things that I would quite like to do in the community. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, hey, how about you come and help us with this Experiencing Marine Reserves program? So it took off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So how long have you both been running this program in Wellington for now? Uh, 18 months, couple of years, we've both been involved in it. Right. Isn't that long? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well done. And are they running throughout New Zealand? It's a yeah. national thing. Yeah. It is a national program. So is the White Bait Connection. Right. And the Island Bay Marine Education Centre, who is yes. who we work for, yes. they, um, they have the program, they take it on and they look after it. There's many other programs that we run through that place and they're all varied and very adaptable, so it's quite awesome. But the Experiencing Marine Reserves program offers throughout the North and South Island and um, it's still expanding. Yeah, so it is quite awesome. Same with the White Bait Connection, which is essentially its sister program. Right. No, it, it just, yeah, it makes so much sense. So just on that, other schools can become involved. You know, how, how can they find you if they're interested in running this program within their school? So if schools are interested in getting involved in either Experiencing Marine Reserves or White Bait Connection, they can contact us at uh, wellington at emr.org.nz. Great. Or... Um, Find you on Facebook. Info <laughs> at octopus.org.nz. Okay, great. And so now you've got an event that's coming up. Is it this weekend or next weekend, sorry? the it's um, next weekend. Next weekend. Wānanga. What is going to be happening at this Wānanga event? <laughs> well, um, we had our first Wānanga last year. Uh, we were invited up to Northland. Um, and basically it's a event, uh, it's a conference that the Mountains to Sea Conservation Trust puts on. Right. Um, and it's normally held um, in and around um, a local marae. Um, and it's a gathering of educators from all over New Zealand who work with the freshwater and marine environment. Great. So uh, for us, I think it was an absolutely... Um, enlightening experience, um, getting to hear these really great keynote speakers like Mike Joy um, give lectures and um, just networking with other people who are passionate about doing the work that we do. Um, and this year, uh, we're really lucky because it's happening here in Wellington yeah. um, at the Massey Marae. Great. Uh, yeah. And so can anyone go to Wananga? So the Wananga is the, it's called the National Marine and Freshwater Education Conference um, and it's put on by the Mountains to Sea Conservation Trust. It's open to the public and registrations are still open Um, and it's not just for educators, it's anybody who wants to feel inspired and get involved and it's a couple of days worth of 
workshops and keynote speakers and field trips to freshwater and marine environments. I mean, we've got some pretty amazing field trips that we're going to be doing. So we're going to be, yeah, so many things. And anyone's welcome to come along. They just have to look it up. That's fantastic. (laughs) I'm already getting worried about the school trips next year. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So both of you are in, in a really inspiring line of work. It's inspiring to the kids and it's inspiring to the parents. What is the thing that you love most about what you do, Liz? I think the thing that I like is that there is a positive practical change involved. Yeah. It's making a difference, I think. And I I mean, I feel like whenever I do work, it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. It feels like I'm just nourishing my own my own joys in life, that I get to do the things that I really love and that I'm fortunate enough that so many people are enthusiastic about it. I mean, we don't have people around us who are sad or upset Apart from right. you know, occasionally seeing the things where it's like, oh, that's sad that there's so many ru- so much rubbish in the ocean. Yeah, you yeah. know. But it's things that we try and change, and yeah. we make positive change. And I think that's the thing that means the most to me. That's great. Yeah. Well done. What about you, Alan? Um, I, I think, like Liz said, uh, being in Wellington really brings it home because um, it's such a small and connected community. Right. Um, so when I'm outside of work. Um, and I noticed that I recognize a lot of the local kids, kids recognize me. Um, so then you realize that you really are reaching out to a lot of people, um, not only the kids, but the parents, the volunteers that come yeah. and help us. Um, and you're able to share, you know, all this knowledge that, that we've been gathering so long in school um, in a really practical and fun way um, and, and actually in a hands-on way being out in the marine environment. Um, so, so yeah, not only is it, is it fun for us, um, but I think that we can see very real changes um, in individual students um, and in the community as a whole. Yeah. Um, so seeing the action projects that come out of these programs um, is probably the most rewarding part. Yeah. You're both not from Wellington. What is it about Wellington that keeps you here? Yeah, what I like so much about Wellington is the fact that it's got all the environments that you require. It's got everything you possibly need in life. It's got those wild natural places. Mm. But there's also the accessibility of all of these different institutes and you know various places for research and yes, creative knowledge. minds that come together. Mm. And there's a beautiful culture about this city that I really like. Um, and it's I've got so many good friends here and it's just felt like home since I got here. Yay, cool, yeah. Liz, that's nice. <laughs> um, for me, I guess New Zealand's always seemed like a land of opportunity. Right. Um, I think this is the case for a lot of um, people who come from another different culture, different part of the world, where they come here and they see um, that a lot of the changes that, that have taken place in New Zealand are very recent. Um, and, and that means that there's a lot of natural places that are still very intact, yeah. um, very beautiful, um, and that uh, there's, it's, it's really kind of fertile ground for change and for setting an example. Um, for for what the future is going to look like. So um, to see an environment that looks like the Cook Strait, for me, you know, even after having traveled all over the world, um, there's nowhere like it. Wow. Um, you know, every time I go snorkeling, I see something completely different um, that, that completely blows my mind. Cool. So um, I just feel so lucky to be somewhere so, yeah, wild and spectacular. And like Liz said, it's only six kilometers away from a major city. 
which is pretty cool. Well, you can get some good coffee, eh, Ellen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always hear Ellen say that how much she thinks that the local marine environment here is world class, which is so nice.